There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve and tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season three of Channel Zero, Butcher's Block. It's so weird. Like, I can't believe it's back, even though it's so different. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those, yeah. It's only been, what, four months? Yeah. And it was great because this isn't a continuation of the rest. And I do want to talk about, I think we shared an article a while back talking about how people were saying that Channel Zero is like a ripoff of American Horror Story. Right. Which... It's not in any way because they're like, oh, well, it's different stories. Yeah, that's the point. This is different and this is not connected. Right. And I know American Horror Story was. Creepy pasta. (laughs) Yes. And okay, basically, if you're a Dirk Gently fan, you know everything is connected, but in a different way because yes, every urban legend has something that it, it comes from. So yes, the horror genre is all kind of connected anyway. But this was not like anything that I've seen so far. And it's really weird because this talks about staircases in like, in nowhereness, basically, in like a forest. And there's some friends of mine who've actually seen staircases in the middle of like a forest. So they're assuming that there was houses there before. Obviously, this is stemmed from reality at some point you know, some little point here or there. So it's really weird that this came out and they just happened to be out. I want to say it was down in Tennessee. So really kind of creepy that they happened to see it, like, you know, hanging out, out on a hike. And then they announced this and they're like, there was really stairwells in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So let's jump into episode one. Which, of course, this is the setup, so we we get all the information, which we've had this every season so far. So I hope nobody's like, well, they're not, like, doing a whole lot. Well, of course not. they got to set it up and tell you what's happening. Right. But episode one, Insidious Onset. That just sounds creepy, right? Yes, very ominous. When a young woman named Alice moves to a new city, she learns about a series of disappearances that may be connected to a baffling rumor about mysterious staircases in the city's worst neighborhoods. And there was two girls, there was sisters, and I thought they were actually related. I had to look it up because they looked right, so alike. Yeah, they looked very similar, and you, you could tell that they looked like sisters. There was a couple of points in time where I kind of even thought they might have been twin sisters. I was thinking that, too. Either they just had people who looked remarkably alike, or... They just have different names, and maybe they are related, but that would be really weird. But, yeah, I I thought they were twins at first as well, and so I think they did a good job at least putting the family together. Yeah, casting did an excellent job there. And we get Rutger Hauer. 
Which, if you're a sci-fi fan, you know him. Oh my gosh, Blade Runner. But yes. he's been in, you know, how many other things? Like, I want to say thousands, it's not thousands. But you guys know, he's been in a ton of other stuff. But just the fact that he's in this too, and I want to say this is the first season that we're actually getting a bigger name, which I think this is really good. And by the way, if you look at IMDb, we already have a fourth season in there. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so bonus. That's because these are awesome. All right, so let's talk about some urban legends, shall we? All right. Well, we see two people talking in a co-op, and the guy tells her a story about one of the local urban legends. And we cut to a couple that is working on some graffiti under a bridge, and as they're walking along, they discuss that, Each of their family had um, members that worked at Peaches Meat Company. Which is the big company that was for this town. Right. Which a lot of towns have, like that one thing that everything popped up around. Yes, they do. So the couple take a short cut through the park, which the guy who's telling the story says is dangerous, and this forest is in the middle of the city. Which is kind of weird. How did the park just kind of get reclaimed? Right. That we don't know yet. No. Now, the girl's name is Carr and the guy's name is Ben. Ben gets the hiccups as he is walking through the park and Carr cures it with a kiss. Yeah, that was a little surprising for Ben, apparently. Yeah. It's kind of cute. Carr is partaking in some uh, hallucinogenics, but Ben doesn't want any. (laughs) Hallucinogenics. I'm sorry, just the way you said that. And they come to a clearing, and they see the stairway going up from nowhere up to a door. It's not a stairway to heaven. No. It's a very clean and new-looking stairwell, too. Yes. And right there. Yes. Right there, I'd be like, uh, no. I don't know what's happening, but I gotta go. Right. And, of course, it's getting darker. It's probably around dusk, and... They decide to get out of there, but Alice is just too curious about the staircase. She kept staring at it. Yeah. Almost like it's calling to her. Mm-hmm. And the guy... Oh, I'm sorry, Kara, not Alice. I apologize. Yeah. Alice is in, in talking to the man, but... Right, Alice asking asked him. about the staircase. Yes. And... Sorry, Kara was the one staring at it like it's calling to her. Right. And Nathan tells her that even the old-timers on the force say that you, if you ever see a staircase in the park, never go up it. Yeah, it's like, what? what? So yeah. it's not just an urban legend? Like, people talk about this? Yeah, and you're talking the old-timers on the police force, so this has been going on for 50-plus years. Which is scary. Yeah. Now, of course, we cut back to the couple. Carl wants to go back to the spare staircase but ben doesn't yeah i don't either i'm just thinking no no we see a gnome looking at them because that's totally normal yeah totally normal no big deal staircase in the middle of nowhere going up to nowhere creepy looking gnome yeah i'm gonna stick around yeah sorry all you're gonna see is heels and elbows from me at that point (laughs) exactly now, Kara sees it, and it ducks under the bushes, and she thinks it's a kid. And this so, is where I got kind of mad. Right, because B 
Ben beats Pete out of there. Yes. It's like, dude, drag her. Been like, no, dude, I don't care if it's a kid. We got to go. Yes. <laughs> Caveman that. Put her over your shoulder and run. Something. You're just going to leave her after she just kissed you? That's kind of shitty. Yeah. There's not so even little. another word for it. That's just, just shitty right there. Yeah. But Ben gets his due as he winds up in an old playground. And yes, boys and girls, that's what playgrounds used to look like. There wasn't all that safety crap at the bottom. It was some hard-packed dirt and metal, and a metal slide that would burn your legs in the summer. Yes. We survived that sort of thing. <laughs> and those giant spring things, that shit would hurt if you got any skin t pinched, I'm telling you. But yep. we survived. Yes, we did. Unlike Ben. <laughs> sterner things. <laughs> I don't think Ben survived it, though. No, because when he sees the gnome, it's got a meat tenderizer in its hand. That was a hella big tenderizer, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where did you get that? Or did oh, it just... My mom used to have one like that. That giant? Mine yes. is like a little tiny looking hammer thing. That was like huge. <laughs> well, it looks bigger when it's oh, in a gnome's hand. That's, that's true. <laughs> but I was like, holy crap, that thing's gonna like tenderize his head in like two pops. As, uh, Ben tries to, uh, go around it, the gnome's not having anything to do with it. He was he quick. Yeah. <laughs> he charges Ben, Ben falls backwards, and it's all over for him. Seriously, what is it with kids in gym shoes in these kind of movies that fall over? It's usually the girl. She could be right. wearing Keds and just fall flat on her face every time. And then you got some girl in, like, you know, four-inch heels that could beat feet out. But, like, this kid, why are you trying to run backwards? Although that gnome was, he was pretty spry, man. He was bouncing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And... Who knows yeah, I if... I think if he would have turned and run, it probably wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But seriously, this kid... And then who knows what happened to Kara, but... I mean, this kid wasn't getting far. No. And, of course, he screams as he's getting bludgeoned to death. And Kara hears him screaming, so she runs. And she makes it to the playground, but there is no sign of him anywhere. Now, of course, she didn't look down and look for the blood. But I would think there would have been a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, how did that gnome get him out of there that fast? Exactly. It's like, what? It's already, like, the creep factor is just, you know, bumping up. Going bumping up. up. By the minute, yeah. So as Alice and Nathan leave the co-op, he asks Alice what brought her to Garrett, and she tells him that a professor suggested it, and she read an article about the worst little city you've never heard of and figured, why not? Yeah, that sounds like someplace I want to go. Yeah, no. The worst, worst little city? You've never heard of? Uh, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Since she said that, I'm like, seriously? I don't understand why that's the place to be. Maybe it's because of her profession, but still, no. Right. I'm going to pass, thanks. Yeah, he asks where she's staying, and she tells him at a hip Airbnb, well, if this is the worst little city you've never heard of, how the hell do they have a hip Airbnb in <laughs> I'm thinking regentrification. Yeah. <laughs> but they're about to move into their own place. Now, of course, when she says we, he wants to know who we is. You little creeper. 
And she tells him it's her sister and her. In a transitional phase. Um, what does that mean? Did she break up with somebody? But apparently yeah, no. That could mean a whole lot of different things, but that immediately raises a red flag on Zoe's mental state of mind. Yeah, I was thinking it was like in between a relationship, like a bad relationship or something, but the next right. scene, no, that that's a totally different thing, apparently. Yeah, as she bolts up from a dead sleep, probably due to a nightmare, and then we get this real quick shot of chopping vegetables, chopping pills, snorting pills, and then driving. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? What? What, what is this combo? Oh, so, man. Yeah, Zoe's uh, definitely got some issues, and we'll find out more, I guess. Well, we hope. Yeah. So as they are in the car heading to their new place, Alice tells Zoe not to be weird when she meets this lady as they pull up to the house. Yeah, and then the lady they meet is weird. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Zoe asks that lady, you know, that she would be home, and Alice asks Zoe to pop the trunk as... Diane walks up, welcoming them to the neighborhood. And then her ominous, but don't go over there, because right. that's not safe. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah. Welcome to Butcher's Block, and it's a safe neighborhood, but not by the park. Tells them they will cut you up like a pizza and eat you by the slice. Yeah, and at this point they're going, oh, shit, this woman is the landlady? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then just randomly, do you have any scissors? It's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what for? Oh, I need to remove my bandages. And they're just like latex gloves. Right. I'm like, oh my god. And she did happen to mention that she had found this place on Craigslist. I'm like, oh god, you guys are in a world of hurt right now because you got some yes. <laughs> nut job that's going to be your landlady. But, whew. A bit of a reprieve, because the real landlady comes out of the house. Right. She's like, Diane, didn't I tell you not to hang around here? It's like, oh, okay, a little bit of a breather there, because I thought this crazy lady was really going to be the landlady. Right. <laughs> and it's like, all right, right there, I'd be like, nope, I gotta go, sorry. Of course, Alice asks if she is the landlady, and of course she says yes, and Luis welcomes them, and... Tells Diane to get lost, and she tells them that 99% of the time, Diane is harmless. Just don't I give her don't, any scissors. I don't want to see that 1%. Right, but especially say, don't give her any scissors. It's like, what? what? Oh my god, what kind of weirdos you got around here? And who's just well, randomly giving people scissors? I mean, are you walking around with them? Oh yeah, here, have some. What? What? Right. What kind of neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> It's not a good one, that's for sure. Obviously. Now, of course, once they go inside, it gets even a little stranger. That is true. Alice mentions that she Googled Louise and found out she used to be a reporter. Okay, there's Louise has been a reporter once. And that doesn't seem too strange. I mean, if you're going to be living with somebody, you know, I can understand you Googling them. What, yeah. yeah, what they are and such. But just to, like, blurt that out, it's like, wow, normally you don't tell people, yeah, I totally Googled you, you weirdo. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I read about all the weird shit that you've done. I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. It's like, wow, you need a filter between your brain and your mouth. 
Right. Speed bump, please. And of course, Zoe starts petting a stuffed animal oh. and not the yes. stuffed animal type. All the taxidermy. What was with that? Because that was not explained. Oh, yeah, it was. It was? Did I totally miss that? Yes. Oh. There was a scene later on where Luis is actually doing the taxidermy. Yeah, I didn't remember them actually explaining the why she was doing it. it, it no, we didn't get Oh, that. okay, that's what I meant. The why yeah. wasn't explained, but yeah, it's like, okay, you're into this. I guess whatever keeps you busy and keeps you from stuffing me, I guess I should be happy, but... Now, of course, Alice goes on to put her foot in her mouth by seeing an article on the wall that she also read online about Luis's brother who disappeared. Yeah, right there it's like, okay, this seems a little strange, but okay, she's writing a book on local history, but we don't know where it's going from here. Right. It's like, all right, makes sense. You know, she has all these articles and like like the string, you know, to connect things. I get that. You know, everybody has their own creative process. I have 10,000 notes everywhere that I can't connect. So, you know, it works that way. And then apparently she scared the crap out of the girls because she decides to feed her cat, which is one of those hairless sphinx cats. Yes. Which kind of weirded me out. Yeah. Just because it's like, it, I would probably have jumped too, seeing it's like, oh, crap, this thing's alive. <laughs> you know, when you had all these dead things around. Right. Yeah. It's weird. And we find out about Alice. Yes. She's a family advocate and has to explain what that means. And doing some research, I know that that could be a really tough job emotionally. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you the comment was made then in the, the episode, where when you set out to change the world, the world changes you. Yeah. But kind of that underlying in there not said, it doesn't have to be for the better. No. Yeah, so that kind of makes me wonder what might happen, because that just seemed random to throw that out there. Right. And what is with her sister, who just seems, like, so infatuated with all the tax derby? She's, like, petting all of them. Right. It's like, Bingo. is it a sensory thing? Is it the drugs? What the hell? Right. <laughs> what is going on with her? Yeah. Oh. Well, we cut upstairs and Alice is doing sit-ups when she gets a call from an unknown caller. Boy, do we get some information dumped here. Yeah. She decides to answer the phone and it's her mother wanting to wish her a happy birthday. Which was last week. Yeah. Uh, parents forget, but <laughs> I could get that. Trust me, I'm still salty all these years later that my parents forgot my 16th birthday. But, wow. yeah, it's been a lot of years, too. I'm still salty yeah. about that bitch, though. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, okay, okay, at least it was close. It was by a week, but uh, it turns out that it wasn't just her mom being busy and forgetting. No, because get a shot of her, and as it, the camera pans out, she's been institutionalized. Which really makes me wonder... What the hell is going on exactly? Yes, and the fact that they moved to start new, what the hell did her, her mom do to them or right. attempt to do? Yes. Because she just kept saying, It wasn't me. You know I'm not. Yes, the and that's why it's like, Oh my God, I need more information. <laughs> I love shows that don't just dump everything on you and help right. build, but at the same time, it's like, Tell me what happened. 
I'm really impatient. I guess you guys have figured that shit out by now, but, you know, it's like, what? And then the fact that she just keeps harping, well, where's, where's Zoe? Just tell me where she is. Just give me her number. Right. Why are you harping on that? Yeah. What, you know, what were you pushing Zoe towards then? That's what I was thinking, too. Right. And she wants to know where they're at, and Alice refuses to tell her what town they're in. So this has got to be something that is just freaking horrible. Yes, and I need information. I hope in the next, because we've had this in the last couple, where they throw a little bit out there, but we don't get everything. Right. So I'm really hoping they come back to this. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Of course, Alice goes down and talks to Louise about Zoe being in recovery. Right. And she's like, you know, so if you can just not drink in front of her or offer her any or drugs or whatever. Yeah, because she does. I mean, hello, this woman doing taxidermy there. And she was kind of funny because she's like, listen, I'm not your mom. I'm not the cool aunt. I'm just a landlady. You give me a check, I'm cool. Right. I really don't care about your d- issues. I don't have kids. Didn't want them. That was on purpose. Yes. As she's like, I don't even know what animal she was doing. As she's doing taxidermy and sewing up this animal. And then Alice is like, okay, good talk. Sorry about that. And as she leaves, you know, she's like mumping to this animal and sewing right. it up. It's like, uh, it's like kids these days. It's pretty much what that was. Yeah. I'm like. This is the weirdest thing right now. Right. So we have Alice basically trying to be a mother to her sister. Yes. Who has some kind of issues that we don't yet know. Her mom is in an institution. Why, we don't know. So, yeah, we've got a bunch of questions. Yes. So we cut to the first day on the job, and Alice and Nathan are heading to a case where... CPS is going to remove a child from the home. Which is where I'm saying, you know, the child advocate is going to have a whole lot of emotion thrown at them. Yes. And I think with having to deal with her sister, this probably wasn't the best job choice. But she really thinks this is going to help. Right. Now, he tells her that Butcher's Block is a socioeconomic dead zone. As, yeah, most of the people, you know, as they're driving into the neighborhood, it looks like nothing but homeless people almost. Yeah, like a whole bunch of places just closed down and boarded up. Right, boarded up and people just wandering around. Now, of course, he warns her not to come down here alone or at night. Right. And right there, it's like, what? What? And as he says this, you know, and they're getting out of the car because they parked in front of the house. I'm like, all right, there's weird stuff happening, apparently, or just a bad area. But the window's down in the car, and it seems to be unlocked. Right. And I'm like, um, did we forget to lock up the car in this really craptastic area? Because maybe that would be a good thing. Yeah. And he's like, here, I'll do the talking. Well, I kind of thought that was obvious if this is her first day. You would think, yes. It's like, (laughs) uh... Do people not just do this on the first day? It's like, here, let me observe what we're doing so I have an idea. Right. I I don't know. I just thought that was weird, but whatever. So they get in, and Tanya, the mother, tells them that Izzy, her daughter, went to the park where she got bit, but CPS believes that she did it. Isn't that a really easy way to check that? You would think so. Like, you can do impressions of the mouth. 
Uh-huh, match them up. Yeah. I mean, a woman's mouth is going to be a lot different than a dog, because she said she got bit by a dog. Right. No, I don't think it was a dog. I think it was something <laughs> weirder, but still, yeah. you can do an impression, and you can see if the bite marks are even closed. So it's like, I didn't understand this, unless it's just like, screw it, we're not even going to try, we're just taking the kid. And then, of course, Alice refuses to let Nathan do all the talking, as she tells Tanya a story of her throwing herself down the stairs in her home to get attention. It's like, because oh, her wow. sister Zoe was the favorite. Yeah. And that she believes Tanya's story. And I understand this was just to kind of, you know, get the mom to be like, no, I understand it. You know, you're not alone. Right. But at the same but time, it's it like, is very what? Revealing. What kind of wackadoodle thing did you do growing up? Yeah, what was going on as you were growing up as a child? Because throwing yourself down a flight of stairs to get attention. Not cool. the wisest thing to do. (laughs) No, not cool at all. And then as she sits back, we, we cut to the wall, like inside the wall, and there's like a kid or something. Something. And it like licks the wall, and she gets like a weird feeling, and she kind of sits up, and I'm like... Watching this going, okay, first of all, it's creepy as hell. Yes. And second, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ew. So, she, so, of course, after that creepy feeling, she decides to get up and investigate. And, of course, hears noises inside the wall. How big and thick is this wall? Because it seems like as she's walking down the hallway and she's hearing stuff, like just the proportions of the house don't equal right because of the wall. Or was that just me? I think it was just you. Really? I don't think the wall was all that thick. I mean, that was drywall. I mean, yes, the wall that she was sitting at was a brick wall. Okay. Because when she goes... In the hallway, it was just, you know, you just had your wood beams and drywall. Right, because when she goes into the kid's room, though, it goes back, like, beyond where the hallway wall is. And that's why it just seemed like the proportions were off to me. Okay. I'm like, what are we, like, hiding a whole thing in the wall? I, I Obviously, there's a weird thing in the wall, but it just seemed like proportions were off, and it, it's like, that would have made me feel weird anyway. And then, of course, the giant hole in the wall that nobody bothered to try to cover up or, I don't know, put plastic right. over. And, you know, as she's talking to Izzy in the room, you know, Izzy's giving her this information, and she just kind of keeps looking at this hole, like the hell's going on with this wall? Right. And as he's like, oh, I go hide in the park sometimes by the lady tree when I get scared. And I'm like, oh, no, the mother tree. Sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, what is this? Is it some weird, weird, creepy, like, did somebody die in the tree? It's like, I didn't know. Like, the way it was going, I was just like, this is going to be super weird. Yes. And, you know, Alice calls her boss in to talk about the hole in the wall because... I would be talking about the hole in the wall. He's like, I think something's in there. And, and of course, Nathan's like, it's probably a raccoon. Which, right. again, if it's possibly a raccoon, maybe that's how she got bit. Right. And, and it could be disease. Yes. But as they're looking at the hole, all of a sudden the door, like, slams shut and locks from the outside. Yeah. And then we hear screaming. Now... My question is, because I swear later in the episode, they said it was the mom, Tanya, screaming, not Izzy. Right. Yes. Okay, so we never heard anything from Izzy. Izzy just kind of 
disappeared into the ether. Right. As far as we know. I mean, they had to break the door down. Right. So that's a hell of a lock on there, on this house that looks like it's falling apart. Right. <laughs> we don't see the kid. All we see is Tanya's lit cigarette on the couch. Right. And next thing you know, there's a knock on the door, the locked front door, apparently, and it's the cops. And it was just weird because, you know, they're trying to explain what happened, and the cops are just like, you know, this happened. Sometimes the parents will grab the kid and ghost out when they know CPS is coming. Yeah. And Alice just seemed really pissed. She's like, you're not even listening to us. No. What? Where's this serve and protect? Right. And he's like, and they go, not in this neighborhood, honey. Yes. And the, and especially when the one cop's like, yeah, we got to go feed his dog. We got to go. It's like, wow, you really give no cares here. Like, that's a big fat goose egg. Right. I was a little pissed about this. Oh, absolutely. Because, all right, whatever, you're trying to show that it's a crappy neighborhood and people kind of disappear and nobody cares. Right. But, oh, man, I wanted to punch the The one cop was worse than the other. Yes. And, you know, as they're leaving, he's like, let's get tacos. It's like, you really don't care what just happened. So how, how deep into this are you? That's what I'm thinking, of course. Right. Maybe he's part of it. Yeah. Then, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, what if it's like human trafficking? What are they doing? Right. <sighs> now, we did forget to mention that Alice did notice... I don't even know what to call it. A um, a necklace tag that said "Smart Mouth" on it. Oh, I thought that was on the um like the robe thing that Izzy was wearing. Oh yeah, it might have been. Which is even weirder. You're going to randomly name somebody Smart Mouth because then she says, "Is that your nickname?" She's like, "No, I found this." Okay. Yeah, at the park. But again, that's somebody's nickname. Damn, that's more like. <laughs> what people say to me but still right ah but we have zoe who is up and about apparently popping up from a nightmare and well snorting some more pills yeah or whatever we're assuming it's right whatever it is i mean it was pills so ah yes have no idea if it was medication or drugs or what and then she decides to play with some sheer fabric which was probably what behind the drapes yeah, I was assuming it was, like, part of the curtains or something. Right. And she goes outside, and, of course, Louise is sitting on her patio and tells her afternoon. And then she walks up to the patio and asks Louise if she can smoke. She sees a joint in the ashtray, lights it up for Louise, and asks if she can have some. Yeah, and Louise, being the wonderful landlady that she is, respecting Alice, said... I didn't think your sister wanted you to do this. Does she know? That you're clean. Yeah. She's like, I just don't want to stress her out. It's like, yeah, all right, here. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, landlady. And then Zoe decides to give a little bit more information to a total stranger, telling Louise that it started when she turned 26, and it slowly started making its way to the surface. It's called Insidious Onset. It's the beginning of the end of you. Yeah, because that doesn't sound creepy and scary. Yeah. Is this a thing, though? That is a good question. Let's oh, it is. It. There's a medical yeah. definition. I'm going to Google right. it. 
developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming a parent. Well, that doesn't help me at all. No. <laughs> Treacherous, stealthy, denoting a disease that progresses gradually with inapparent symptoms. So it's something. We just don't know what it is exactly. Or what it is that's coming to the surface. And we do get weird little flashes here and there. But right. I have no idea what it is. It, it I don't know. It like food moving yeah. or like something growing. It's like I didn't understand it. And again, I think it's because it's just so fast. If it's supposed to be whatever is in her brain or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's any disease that comes on slowly and does not have obvious symptoms at first. The person is not aware of it developing. So yes, it can be absolutely anything. Anything. Right. Mental health, uh, physical, and just any kind of disease. <sighs> Yes, so that doesn't help me, but it's a thing. So maybe whatever we're seeing is whatever weirdness is, like, growing. Right. So that night, Alice and Zoe are sitting outside, and Alice is deep in thought, and Zoe asks her, where is she? And Alice tells her she can't stop thinking about what happened, and only the mother screams. Yes, because that would be weird. Why did the kid not scream? Exactly. So they decide to jump in the car and head to the case house, as Alice thinks that Izzy might be there, still there hiding. Yes, because she did say when she gets scared, she hides. So right. maybe she is hiding out somewhere, because we don't know what happened. Right, but before they can get in the house, Diane shows up. Yes, and apparently she managed to get some scissors. She's like, I got my bandages off. And her hands are just cut to hell. It's like, oh, my God, what is with this lady? Right. But then she starts looking at the girls, really super creepy. She's like, yes. they've restrained you. I can cut you free. And she kind of, like, lunges at them. Right. And gets that pair of scissors right next to Alice's eye. Yes. I wasn't sure if he was going after Alice or Zoe. Zoe, yeah, it might have been Zoe's eye. Well, I just because of the restraining thing, I'm like, okay, is it because Zoe's taking meds? And right. that's what she's seeing. But still, it was creepy, and they managed to, like, knock her down and run into the house. Because why not go into a strange house instead of into your car and back home? Right. <laughs> they managed to knock Diane down and get into the house. Zoe washes the blood off her hands and begins to hear voices and has a vision of her mother. Yeah, very weird vision, by the way. Yeah, just like... I mean, her mom's, like, what, on a bed and appears to be naked, and she just kind of yeah. turns and looks at her all creepy. It's like, what the hell is happening on the other side? I kind of don't want to know, but I do. Yeah. I have a feeling that is probably a vision of the night her mother killed her father. <gasps> oh, my God! I didn't even think that's what would have happened. I'm just so used to, like, single-parent things. Like, I wouldn't have even thought right. that it was that she killed him. Yeah. But, oh, my God, that would make sense. And then it would be weirder that she was naked when she did it. But, you know, uh, you know they might have been doing something. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I... At least that's the way I took it. Now, yeah, it could have been just some Joe, but... I didn't see another person. I wasn't even thinking no, that. So, But no. still, yeah. That that would have yeah, been really good. Back, that kind of just made me think that, yes, she was in the middle of having adult time <laughs> with somebody. 
That's a climax I don't want to ever see. No. <laughs> Alice looks for her but can't find her and yells at Zoe that she has to check something outside. Because obviously this is when we're like, screw it! I'm just throwing everything out the window. Right. So we see Zoe having a cigarette and looking out the window when she sees a gnome across the street. But it's small. It could be a kid. It could be. And, of course, she yells for Alice, and because Alice is gone, she doesn't hear her. Yeah. So go, Zoe goes outside, and the gnome is gone. And she's thinking she's, it's Izzy, though. Right. She sees something near a tree and calls for Izzy, but it's the gnome, and it runs off. Yeah. So we have Zoe chasing the gnome, thinking it's Izzy. Right. Then you have Alice, who ended up going into the park, where she was told not to go, yes. looking for Izzy, looking for her hiding by the tree, which she ends up finding, like, this mother tree, which had this, like, pretty face painted up on it, which made... Or carved out yeah. of it, I'm not sure which. Which I was like, <laughs> what's up with the tree? It's creeping me out. Yeah, that's <laughs> a pretty creepy tree. But then down at the base of the tree, there's, like, almost like a little fort. Like a box right. that has all this stuff inside. There's crayons and marbles and... Oh, is that an axe? Yeah. <laughs> that was a meat tenderizer. Was there? I thought there was an axe, too. But I'm like, what? Yeah, there might have been an axe, too. But there definitely uh, was a meat tenderizer. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? This is not like any fort I've ever had as a kid. No. But unfortunately, there is no Izzy. No. Cut to... The, the chase. <laughs> yeah, the opening of the park, and we see the gnome just flying through it. Yeah, and Zoe's still running. Yeah. She can't catch up to this, well, kid is what she's thinking. How how slow are you? Okay, granted, I am not in shape, so I could not keep up. But, man, she looks like she's in way better shape than me. Maybe it's the drugs. Oh, Maybe it's the drugs. Yeah, it could be. It's like, I can't keep up with this Kid slash gnome slash I don't know what this is. And so while Alice is standing there looking forlorn about not finding Izzy, a man comes up to Alice and asks her if she is lost. Yeah, you better reach in for that axe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, she asks who he is, and he tells her her his name is Joseph. Yeah. Oh, that explains so everything. Yeah, that tells me a whole lot, buddy. He tells her that his family used to own the park, and he likes to hear the birds just before sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> that. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. He has traveled the world, but always ends up back home. It's like he's in two worlds at once. The one she sees and the one he remembers. And right there, I'm like, okay. It's time to exit stage left, Alice, immediately. Right, and I'm like, does this, you know, is he trying to tell us something? Right, yes. Absolutely, he's telling us something. Yes. Especially when he's like, oh, yeah, my house used to be where the playground is. What? Where we see the staircase. Yes, and he, she's like, oh, well, do you live close by? And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to walk away now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I live close. Thanks. <laughs> turns and walks away. All right. I'm thoroughly creeped out. Thanks. And it just gets worse. Yep. Zoe finally catches up with the gnome, who's standing at the base of the staircase. This very well-lit staircase. 
yeah, she has a brief vision of just a blob that looks like it's breathing. Yes, again. I'm like, what is then, this? Yeah, then notices that the gnome is eating something. Very loudly. Yeah, so she moves closer and reaches out to touch it. And it turns around oh, and looks I... like a little mini sloth. Yes, absolutely <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sloth origins from Coonies. But, yeah, this child, it's like, oh, bloody, we don't, I don't know what it was eating, though. I didn't focus on that really well. An animal of some sort. I kind of didn't want to focus on it that well. Yeah. <laughs> and again, oh, and there down goes Zoe. Damn it! Again with somebody falling in gym shoes. Yep. And she tries to scoot away on her butt <laughs> instead of getting up and running. Right? But, of course, she couldn't catch with the Noma, catch up with them anyway, so. And suddenly, oh, there's that meat tenderizer again. Yeah. And he starts moving towards her, and then out of nowhere, we hear music. Yeah, especially when this thing stops and, like, turns towards the stairs. And, oh, look, there's some weird thing on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is something out of Hellraiser right now. It's like a Cenobite. And, oh. No clue what it was, but it was pretty awful looking. That's for damn. Yes. And then the little child gnome just like, all right, I'm going up the stairs, so I'll go in the door. And the thing just walked away. And Zoe's watching this. How did she not get up and just be like, I got to go. I got to stop these drugs. <laughs> I got to stop this shit now because. Yeah. But, of course, the way the, the child acted, that was its mother. It seemed really ticked, though, that whatever it was stopped it from hurting right. Zoe. Yeah, he was not a happy camper, but he knew he better get up those stairs and inside. Mm -hmm. And she, whatever it was, followed him in through the doorway. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, we cut to the next morning as Alice is sitting on the porch at the case house when Zoe shows up. Yeah, they hug, and Alice is like, what happened? Yeah, you just wandered the hell off. But then again, Alice, so did you. Yeah, they're both guilty. Yeah, but Zoe was they, freaked out. Yes, they got back to the place, and Zoe is just throwing her things in a suitcase as fast as she can and tells Alice she's afraid that she will become just like her. Yes, because she says, what was it? It was two, you're the same age as I was. Right. And it's like, oh. Yeah, she's 26 now, apparently. It's like, okay. And, you know, of course, they're fighting because, no, I don't do the things you do. It's not environmental. It's not just this. It's, you know, a whole culmination of things. And Zoe's like, you know what? Peace. I'm taking the bus. You can stay. Yeah, I'm out of here. So, of course, what does Alice do? She goes down to apologize to Louise if they were too loud. And this is where we see Louise sewing up the... Cat. Oh, this was, I thought it was earlier, sorry. Yeah. And, of course, tells her that Zoe will be back. Yeah. And, of course, Louise comes back with her. I only care about being, you know, the rent being paid. I don't care who's here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then immediate transition. Alice, like, has no focus. <laughs> because all of a sudden she's looking at the wall with all the articles. She's like, oh, what's this book about? Why don't you tell me? It's like. What? Yeah. Stay on topic, lady. And well, Louise is like, all right. Yeah. And then it gets all 
mysterious. The book is about Butcher's right. Block and all the people that go missing. My brother died. We thought it was in one of the abandoned houses, but we never found him. And everything happens, and it could be happening all because of one family. Okay, here's that ominous setup. Yep. <laughs> and then you cut, and you see Zoe struggling with her suitcase, because apparently she can't get the, ro- the wheels to work. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Zoe's making her way to the bus stop, and you have Louise kind of telling Alice all this at the same time, and you got the back and forth. So Zoe makes it to the bus stop, sits there, just pissed off, and throws her purse down. Now, as a woman, and I'm sure you even know this as a man, you're in a crappy neighborhood. You're not just throwing your purse down on the bus stop. No. <laughs> no. Hold on to that. I was mad about that, too. Yeah. But anyway, we go back to Louise talking about the Peaches, who are the family that you know, ran Peaches Meats, and basically everything sprung up around them, and how they basically disappeared, but she thinks some of them are still around. Maybe that's what happened. That's when the disappearances started. And Right. Because the only people that were going missing were ones that wouldn't be missed. Which was interesting. Yes. And then I'm thinking, ew, Peaches Meats, ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you know, she's like, I think it could have started with the founder. And Alice looks at the picture, and she's like, wait a minute, who's this? Oh, that's Mr. Peach. And this is the dude that she just seen in the park. Right. And he would be about 130 if he was still alive. Which makes zero sense. <laughs> Rutger Hauer looks good, but I don't think he's 130. I don't know. <laughs> and then next thing we know, Zoe, who is still pissed off sitting at the bus stop, next to a church, just has a rando guy start talking to her. Oh. Yeah, about being in the church choir until his voice changed. Okay, we get it. You went through puberty. Yeah. And just looks at her, and she's like, uh-huh. And he's like, where's this bus going? And what did she say? Central Station or something? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to take you to the station first, yeah. and then you go leave from there. Yeah, and then just randomly. And of course, he, yeah, he tells her his name is Joey. What's yours? Yeah. Zoe, which first of all, that weird little rhyming thing. I was like, okay. But... That's what we get for this episode. And yeah. I was just like, this is so weird. And all this weirdness just has me wanting more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right away. Ah. But how did you guys feel about this? Now, we do, of course, enjoy when you're tweeting with us at the time. But you need to tell us, like, more, more. So shoot us emails. Let us know what, what you thought about this episode and just where you think this season is going because these seasons are so crazy and amazing and I've loved them so far. So this one just looks like it's going to like pull you in and I already feel the weirdness is good. (laughs) Weird is good. I don't know. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and all of the other podcatchers you're finding us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Uh, Tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying the podcast and like I said, shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com. We have some shopping links there if you feel like shopping. Or if you just want to shoot us all the information that you have, your thoughts, pictures, artwork. We have all our contacts on our webpage, too. And you can send it to us, and we will happily share things, too. So for this weird episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl-esque. 
And I'm Steve. Butcher's Block is a socioeconomic dead zone. And creepier shit. <laughs> and until next time.